0: This is a little spooky a podcast about things <laughs> that spook us just a little bit. Things like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies. When you're taking your dog out at midnight and after she's done doing her business, you come on inside and whoop, what was that? Uh oh, uh oh. Something pinched your ass and no one's there. My name is Everett.
1: And I'm Colleen. And
0: that a apparently truly
1: happened. What was it, two nights ago? Was it two nights ago? I think two
0: nights ago. I don't know.
1: I got to bed early. I like to rest. I like my rest. So I was fast asleep and I get ripped out of a deep slumber forever to just tell me that a ghost pinched his ass (laughs) on the way (laughs) here and he's concerned
0: about it. I don't know if it was a ghost, but I felt like something actually did grab me and squeeze. So it was not me brushing up against anything. It wasn't our dog biscuit. Something was just welcoming back inside. <laughs> this is an old
1: house. It would not surprise me if there was at least one ghost in this house. spooky. Yeah,
0: at least a little spooky. If it was a ghost based on the age of our house, I don't know if I'm more comfortable if it was someone that's younger that's trying to like sexually harass me or if it's like a creepy old man slash lady that's just being weird
1: yeah I mean I, this house is old, but it's not that old like if you're listening in Europe, a hundred year old house is like pff, nothing but up here in in Minnesota, a hundred years is a pretty long time.
0: that story's over because I have a question for you. Do you wipe with your left or your right um uh, left really I, I wipe with toilet paper. Oh my god! <laughs> what are we talking about today, Colleen? Jesus! You just the it. The, no,
1: um, today. Okay, if you've listened to this podcast for a while,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know that aliens and conspiracies are my jam.
0: What's your peanut butter?
1: Cryptids.
0: What's the bread?
1: Lies. <laughs> <laughs> Um today I've got an amazing amazing classic alien abduction story for you. All right. Now, before I even get started, this is a very very well-known and to this day unsolved mystery. I'm Unsolved Mysteries has literally covered it oh, before. Okay. <laughs> The majority of the information that I'm going to give you is coming from a write-up in the 300th issue of the MUFON UFO Journal. MUFON! From April 1993. If you don't know, MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network. They investigate UFO sightings and abductions. and Have
0: have regular conventions together where they can all get together with their polos and khakis and...
1: Um, These are men of science, and I don't. What do you appreciate- think scientists wear? <laughs> I'm
0: just saying it's one of the nerdiest things ever. Yeah, which but is like
1: fine. nerdy in a cool way, What's, in well, a cool, sexy alien searcher <laughs> way. Okay. The, it, this write-up was written by Raymond Fowler. And that name might sound familiar to you if you are interested in alien UFO abduction stories, because he was a prolific UFO sighting investigator, and he wrote about a ton of incidents like this. Okay. And he wrote an entire book investigating this one incident in particular. Whether or not you come to the same conclusions that he does, everyone—okay, I can't say everyone— most people agree that something strange and unexplainable has happened here
0: okay and you know what's weird too like just in hindsight and i don't even know which uh event you're going to talk about but all of these like prolific ufo and like parascience writers mm-hmm. were taken so like they were taking like a joke, right? And I mean, yeah. in a lot of cases, they still are. But now that, like, the government has actually acknowledged UFOs are an, a legitimate thing that they can't explain or at least won't explain to mm-hmm. us, I feel like it, you know, lends a little more credibility to these types of stories because they're just, like the forefront of, you know, bringing this to everyone's attention
1: right. And you'll see that he spends a lot of time and effort doing thorough in-depth research Now, He's obviously biased because sure, yeah. he is a UFO investigator. So he's looking at it from the lens of aliens. But again, from what I read, something happened here, whether it was aliens or not.
0: So there's some weird. An, an event happened, but he was trying to prove that it was aliens rather than going with an unbiased, like scientific approach.
1: Right. And you'll see, as I explain this, that that makes sense. Because it's an alien abduction story. So yeah. that would be the way you go sure. first. Anyways, this takes place in prime UFO time, August 1976. This is the Allagash incident. Oh, gosh! Oh, <laughs> my gosh! Okay. So in August 1976, four friends decided to head up to the Allagash wilderness for a two-week camping trip. These four men were Jack Weiner. I'm pretty sure it's Weiner and not Weiner.
0: Well, it probably is Wiener. Anthony Weiner. Anthony Weiner. W E
1: I N E R. Weiner. Like, yeah. spelled like Weiner. Okay. Sure. Jack Weiner and his twin brother, Jim Weiner. <laughs> <laughs> and their two friends, Chuck Rock and Charlie Foltz.
0: I'm. I don't know if those are their real names, but they sound like fake names. <laughs> <I> mean,
1: <laughs> would you pick Wiener as the name you want? Well, what's <laughs> the other one? Rock? So to know you by? Rock? R-A-K. So it could be Rack.
0: Oh, okay. Sure.
1: I'm going with Rock.
0: Probably. So so what state is this in? Like you said the the area, but like I don't know what state that's in.
1: Northern Maine. Okay. So... These four guys, they met at the Massachusetts College of Art, and they all became good friends. And after they graduated, you know, they're in their early to mid-20s. They're starting out their careers and lives in the 70s.
0: Post-hippie era.
1: Yeah. <laughs> they all decided they wanted to go on a camping trip, one, like, last hurrah before they start doing boring adult
0: stuff. Sounds like the premise of a B-horror movie on yeah, Netflix. Kind of.
1: <laughs> so they all met up and they took a pontoon airplane up to Telos Lake, which is up in the Allagash Waterway, which is a very beautiful, very isolated wilderness that covers thousands of acres in northern Maine. Cool. Perfect for canoeing, camping, fishing. And being abducted. And being abducted, <laughs> which is what these dudes wanted to spend two weeks doing minus the abduction part. Man stuff.
0: Oh, <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> right. That's what men like to do, right? Fish and sh- sh- whittle
0: and... Whittle me this. <laughs> got it.
1: Okay, so they spent their days camping and canoeing along the waterway. And on Thursday, August 26th, they reach Eagle Lake, where they decided to set up camp. And they uh-huh. they wanted to go night fishing. This is unrelated. I don't know anything about fishing. Why would you want to go at night?
0: Um, I mean, I don't know too much about fishing either, but I know fishing during the dark—they're much more active. A lot of fish are either nocturnal or just like aren't as you know active in the daylight.
1: Now that you say that, I feel like all movies that depict old fishermen—they're out there at like the ass crack of dawn. Yeah. Okay. Well, these guys want to go at night. It gets pitch black there. So they decided to set up a big bonfire next to their campsite so that they'd be able to easily find their way back because it's a really isolated area, super dark. No matter where they go, that bonfire is going to be very visible. Sure, yeah. So they set up this bonfire, which had several very large logs in it. Logs. (laughs) Poop joke. They set up their bonfire, they got in their boats, they went fishing, but just a couple minutes in, Chuck had this weird feeling that they were being watched, which is weird because it's pitch blackness in the middle of an isolated forest. Maybe it's the fish. Could be. So he turned his head to look behind him to see if there's anyone actually there, and there wasn't. But... There was a large, bright sphere of light hanging about 300 feet up in the sky. Mm-mm. Not only was it hanging there, but it seemed to have like kind of a gyroscoping movement to it.
0: Yeah, so like that, like it's layered, it's so like the outer layer is moving, but like maybe the center seems to be more still.
1: Um, y- yeah, so I'm kind of picturing like Saturn's rings. But running north to south and east to west, but yeah. not really rings over to, I guess just like an aura about it,
0: right? So it's yeah, layered,
1: right? Yes, Chuck described it as looking like a ball of plasma and it was changing colors like really smoothly. I'm imagining like a mood ring, just don't, to- don't show your age, Colin. <laughs> Whatever, mood rings are still cool. <laughs> <laughs> So Chuck, obviously very weirded out, he turned around and he yelled to the rest of the group. Each of them are in their own canoe. He's yelling at them like, look behind us. What what the fuck is this thing? Charlie took out his flashlight and he flashes it at the object. The article by Raymond Fowler says that Charlie just flashed his flashlight. Other articles and sources I read state that he flashed an SOS signal at it. I... I'm not sure why he would do that or why he would choose to flash a flashlight at it to begin with. I mean, if you're in pitch darkness and there's a glowing ball of light, I don't imagine a handheld flashlight is really going to assist you much 300 feet up into the
0: air. Well, I, I don't know why he would do an SOS sing, signal, but flashing a light at an unidentified light in the sky would be like, hey, we're here. So they're thinking it's a helicopter or something. True. True.
1: He flashes his flashlight at it, and it suddenly goes completely still. The gyroscoping motion stops. The color shifting stops. It's just hanging there in the air. just abruptly comes to a halt. Then it slowly starts floating towards Charlie's canoe. As it was floating towards them, a beam of light shot out of it towards the water. You know, like a kid's drawing of a UFO, like beaming up a cow. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Where yeah. it's like just a beam of light. Charlie noted that the beam itself was hollow. Like they could see the beam reflected in the water, like a circle. Mm-hmm. So you could see that it was light all around, but like dark in the middle.
0: So yeah, like a somewhere. ring of light.
1: Right. So this weird ball and this beam of light are slowly moving towards them, like a helicopter with a searchlight. hmm Kind of like that's so War of the Worlds. It's kind of spooky. Yeah. So the four guys at this point, obviously, were terrified. And they all start frantically just trying to paddle back towards the bonfire, like as fast as they can. However, they were not fast enough because the beam of light suddenly swept across the surface of the water and just engulfed them in light. Jack Weiner himself said, I could see that we were never going to be able to outrun the beam. It was advancing too fast. And I remember thinking, holy shit, this is it. We'll never get away. The next thing any of them remember is Jack, Jim and Charlie standing on the shore, looking at the beam, which was now only about 20 feet above the water. And Chuck was still sitting in his canoe on the shore near them. The ball hovered there for a few minutes and then the the beam of light shifted instead of pointing down, it pointed up into the night sky. It but hung there for a second, and then the ball just shot up into the sky like a slingshot at incredible speed, and it was gone in a second.
0: Oh, I thought it was gonna put the Batman. No, that'd be pretty sweet, though. So, one thing that we have learned, not only from this story, but also from our Skinwalker Ranch tale never shine lights at orbs of light.
1: Yeah, they've got enough light. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even
0: give them more. So so they lost time. They were like, or that's what you made it seem like, at mm-hmm. least. They were in their canoes, all ready to go fishing or whatever. Well,
1: they were already fishing. They'd been fishing a sure. So they bit. were yep.
0: fishing in their canoes, but then they lost time, and then they came back to on the shore, At right? least yep. three of the four were on yeah, the shore. Yeah, they
1: were basically, like, the canoes were on shore, three of them were on shore, and one of them was, like, in the process of getting out of their boat. Hmm. Here's the thing. After the ball just shot up in the sky... They all stood there frozen, like they couldn't move. It was uh, mentioned that it felt like there was kind of an anesthesia effect on them. It felt like it was starting to wear off. And eventually they all came to their senses and they headed to their tents. They never talked about it or anything that evening. Apparently they were just so tired and dazed, like extremely exhausted that they just went straight to their tents and went to bed.
0: Or like they were drugged with something. Right. So they were just like groggy right. out of if, it and just fell asleep.
1: Yes. I think that's more of it instead of like a, hey, let's talk about this in the morning sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so tired. Right. It seems like the whole event happened in the span of just a few minutes. They had just gotten their canoes onto the water, started to fish when they saw the ball of light. The beam gets them. They stare at it a couple minutes and then it shoots away. Jim estimated that it had only been about 15 or 20 minutes total since they finished starting the bonfire before they were back on the shore staring at the light. Okay. However, as is with most lost time, other things happened. So when they returned to their tents, they noticed that the huge bonfire they had built had completely burned to ashes. And they mentioned specifically that it was a very large fire, not only so they could find their way back, but it had to last several hours because they were planning on fishing for several hours on the water. However, it had completely burned down to red coals and it wasn't like somebody had put it out. It had um, it had completely it, it burned down. It was still, down. like, smoldering. Right. So, I mean, my assumption is that means several hours have passed. Because even if the bonfire had burned down a bit after two or three hours, wouldn't it still be, like, more than just, like, red, small red
0: coals? I mean, you mentioned that they had really large logs. So, most likely, yeah.
1: Right. So, it had to have been, I don't know, three or four hours at least. That would be my it was, guess. It was
0: still dark when they got back, though.
1: It was dark when they left. And right. it was dark when they got back, yes. Okay. So, um, to me, three or four hours seems like a good guesstimate. Sure, yeah. None of them have any idea what happened. There's no explanation. And honestly, there's. it's not like there was anything they could do about it. I mean, like, they all were perfectly fine. And what are they going to do? Like, call the cops and... Well,
0: say, they're out in the wilderness. Right. I,
1: I guess, like, who are they supposed to tell? And if they tell someone what... What do they expect to happen? Right. So they all just mutually decided to just finish out the camping trip, which is, would not be the direction that I would take. But apparently, I don't know, they, I guess they maybe they seem- convinced themselves that nothing actually happened. Yeah, and they
0: didn't seem like they were harmed or anything.
1: Right. So they spend another 10 days camping and nothing weird or out of the ordinary happens. When they get home, they all kind of, like, go tell the story to their friends and their girlfriends and their wives and laugh about it. But, again, they just kind of move on and forget it and kind of just assume it was some, you know, weird. Yeah, you can't explain uh, that,
0: really. Yeah. To, like, an authority figure.
1: Right. So they all just kind of move on. That whole story sounds to me like a classic 70s alien abduction story. I mean, bright light. tractor beam, lost time. Fine. Sure. However, that ain't the end of the story. Obviously. Two years later, Jack is the first of them to start having these vivid nightmares. First, he told his wife about them, but he just kept them to himself because they're nightmares. And he's the only one, as far as he knows, that's having nightmares and you know, maybe it was just his subconscious trying to figure out what happened that night.
0: Sure, this was a couple years later. Two years later,
1: yep. So he didn't tell any of them about these nightmares. Here's how he described them: "Quote: I found myself in a very brightly lit room. I had no idea where I was or why I was there. To my left, I could see my brother Jim, Chuck Rock, and Charlie Foltz sitting on some type of bench, and they were all naked." I was wondering why they weren't helping me because I felt like I was in some kind of danger. And while I'm trying to figure this out, I noticed this figure or a dark shadowy type figure emerging from this bright light in front of me. And then I would wake up sweating and breathing heavily in a state of terror and shock. Mm. So that's like a pretty generic dream. I mean, he sees his friends sitting on a bench and he's laying on a table.
0: Yeah, that's the only real detail, because mm-hmm. it doesn't really describe like what happened, if it was some sort of operation, or like what the figure actually was.
1: Right. That's all he's getting flashes of. But, 12 years after that, so he has these dreams, starting two years after the event, for at least 12 years after that, when somehow Jim tells him that he's been having the same nightmares. Now... In the time since the Allagash incident, Jim had suffered a head injury, just unrelated. Sure. As he was being treated, his doctor told him to tell him if he had any, like, weird symptoms or visions or anything that might be related to getting your head banged around. I mean, like, if you start hallucinating, then, you know, maybe there's some sort of internal brain trauma that you need to deal with. Well, Jim tells the doctor about his nightmares. Because those are like, they're weird. They're like extremely vivid to him. Super bizarre. And not only that, but he mentioned to the doctor that sometimes he woke up at night and he saw weird creatures in his room staring at him. Or he would wake up and he would find himself levitating from the bed and being temporarily paralyzed. Cool. <laughs> Eventually, he also told his doctor about what happened in the forest 12 years ago and the doctor told him look dude this is out of my realm of experience i don't think this is your brain injury like you should go talk to some ufo dude about this yeah
0: he was like stop talking to me about your weird stuff
1: (laughs) get get out of my office (laughs) apparently doctors were a lot more open to this shit in the 80s because um like i feel like now a doctor would just recommend like a brain scan or
0: well, right. Something. They'd be like, "Yeah, what's the most expensive procedure we can
1: do? For you? <laughs> yeah, no. How can we squeeze another fifteen thousand dollars out of this man?" Anyways, Jim ends up taking his doctor's advice because the the dreams don't stop; they just keep getting more and more bizarre. And he contacts Raymond Fowler, the man who wrote this article. Mm-hmm. He had heard about this, yeah, Raymond Fowler, because there was a MUFON convention.
0: Yeah, I talked about that earlier. Like. Mm-hmm. I yes. Think that's what they're pretty well known for. Is coming together to like share their experience and their studies.
1: Right. So Jim had heard of this. Raymond Fowler was talking, contacted him. So it was just it was a smooth connection. In January 1989, Raymond Fowler is intrigued enough to begin a 2-year investigation just into this incident.
0: What can you possibly investigate?
1: To especially like Several years. Was it what is it, thirteen years after the fact? Twelve and some well, months? An event
0: that happened in the secluded wilderness to four guys that didn't document anything. Right. What can you do other than interview the four guys?
1: Right. Well, here's how he goes about it. The first thing he does, as is with most of these alien abduction stories, he has them each undergo hypnosis sessions. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this in the past. Yeah. About you have to be extremely careful with hypnosis sessions because any inference that the question asker might make would change the answers of the
0: right. And hyp- the
1: hypnosis
0: and like any, <laughs> any results from any hypnosis testing needs to be taken with a huge grain of salt yes. because even if it is like, you know, a perfectly unbiased and no variables are present interview, mm-hmm. Like
1: it's not a exact science. Like right. there's, it's, it's not, not.
0: And you, memories fade with time or change, so anything can happen.
1: Yes. However, to me, it's kind of akin to a polygraph test. Like you can use it to gather evidence, but it's not going to be admissible right. in court. Sure. So you can use it, but I mean, you got to collect other evidence.
0: You can do it to get the big picture, but you can't get good details.
1: Right. So he has each of these four men go individually because you don't want them talking to each other and like, you know, confirmation bias or, you know, confirming a story. Right. If it's a hoax. So all of them agree to undergo individual hypnosis, individual hypnosis sessions, and all of them independently gave the exact same story. When the hollow beam of light caught up to them, they were transported into that beam of light like a cow and an alien
0: ufo tractor beam sure. drawing so being like drawn up from the water yes okay. they
1: were like sucked out of their canoes into this light beam they were met by weird humanoid creatures and somehow were unable to say no to any of the creatures requests sure like they were it was like the aliens could control their minds sure they were all made to get nakey. And sit on a plastic-like bench. And the aliens took a pencil-like rod with a light on its tip. So, like a flashlight, I guess. Yeah, but
0: real thin (laughs) and long. Skinny
1: one, yes. And And they looked into the men's eyes and mouths. And they kind of examined them like you would at just, like, a regular doctor's appointment. Perfect specimen. Exactly. So they flexed their arms and legs and tested reflexes and stuff as you would okay then one by one they were all forced to lie on a table where machines of all sizes came down over them and just performed a ton of tests so scans needles just automated medical procedures i guess and each of them had saliva skin blood feces urine and sperm
0: samples taken so they were milked. That's what I was wondering. Because, okay. And I think even the X-Files talked about this a little bit. They're mm-hmm. trying to create alien hybrids.
1: Yep. Yes. So after this, <laughs> after all of these procedures were done, the aliens made the men get dressed, walked them to a room that had a portal in one of the walls, and the men were made to walk through that portal. And when they did, they floated down that same beam of light back into their canoes and placed in the exact same position they were in when the light caught up to them. Hmm. So.
0: Canoes this, wouldn't be in the same spot.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the, the beam was holding them in place. True. I mean, we're talking about an alien abduction, so the That's canoe's true. not drifting away is, like, the least <laughs> <laughs> of, of the worries. But, yeah, so it was, like, a, a couple hours, and then aliens were, like— We'll call you an Uber. Go home.
0: (laughs) Rude. Here's our number. We'll call you later. Yeah, but then we'll get back. Numbers disconnected.
1: (laughs) So I was able to read some quotes from their hypnosis sessions, and they are fascinating. If you've seen The Fourth Kind, which I know you have, Mm -hmm. it it reads like that. Like it's terrifying.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure that movie, you know, took from a lot of these types of stories.
1: Yes. I'm just, that's, I'm just giving you some context. Sure. So it's like terrifying though. Like these men are reliving the experience through hypnosis.
0: Right. Because it's a suppressed memory. So it's like taking out these like regressed memories and bringing them back for like the first time experiencing them again. Right.
1: So they're basically reliving this whole thing. And Jim describes being terrified and the aliens being able to sense that if they got near him he wanted to hurt them. You know, just like a fight or flight sort of thing. If an alien got near you, like he would want to punch it and yeah. run away and the can't, aliens can't are, get
0: away, so you got to use your your fists.
1: Right. <laughs> so sensing that, Jack recalled that their faces were right in front of his face and he was so terrified. Like they kept telling him don't be afraid. They were saying these things in his head. Mental telepathically. yes, telepathic. So what they look like. We'll get, we'll get there. Oh, okay. But he was so terrified. He didn't even want to know what they wanted. Like, he just wanted to get out. It was just like a blank horror in his brain. Sure. Which makes sense. Charlie mentioned that the entire event felt like being in a cold doctor's office. Chuck had a view of Charlie when Charlie was being examined. And he said, during hypnosis, quote, I see some sort of device on him. They've got a, this looks Like a silvery, it looks like the like it's got curves on it. It's almost like it sucks something. He's got his head tipped way back. It's almost like he's in pain. We can't help him. All we can do is watch him. End quote.
0: Wonder if that's the same device they use on the cows to suck out all the blood.
1: I don't know. It's just a sucky device. (laughs) So They all basically recall the same story. They all I mean, from different perspectives. Like, they could see these things happening to each other, but essentially the events were in the same sequence. All of these men had graduated from art school, so all of them had great creative minds. Well, no, they had good drawing (laughs) skills. So each of them individually, without consulting each other, drew a sketch of these aliens or beings. And they drew sketches of the ball of light, the tools that were used to examine them, and all of them matched up with each other in the same way that their stories did under hypnosis. Sure. So the aliens themselves had long necks and large heads with huge metallic lidless eyes and little insect-like hands with four fingers.
0: That is... Exactly the description of an alien race in Star Wars,
1: like the ones that that make all the clones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, that's what I was picturing. Except for they have long limbs. This 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 one has like little T Rex arms. Uh Oh, or at least that's what they makes it. Either that, or they just had really tiny hands.
0: Okay, but yeah, like the long necks, big Mm -hmm. heads, and like shiny, lipless eyes. Yeah, I
1: mean this was like pretty soon after Star Wars. But it was before the Clone Wars. Well, soon after Star Wars came out. Yeah. But it's before the Clone Wars. Did those ones show up before the Clone Wars? No. Okay, so then they wouldn't have seen this. Maybe George Lucas was inspired by them. Maybe. This is a famous story. Sure. Jack and Jim also discovered under hypnosis that they had been visited by these aliens and have had strange paranormal experiences and visitations since childhood that they had just suppressed growing up.
0: And the, these are the two brothers, you said? Yep,
1: the twin brothers. I think that's a common theme. In a
0: like, lot of Like, a lot of abduction stories.
1: stories is that these people are continually visited or abducted. Right. Ever, like, it's like they were chosen as children and followed over time. hmm Which I suppose if you're doing a research study.
0: And if you believe the conspiracies that Eisenhower signed the lives away of many Americans, that would make sense because— they're only oh, yeah. allowed a certain amount of people to test on. God,
1: I love a good alien conspiracy.
0: Maybe we'll talk about that one someday. That one, that definitely one is will. a giant like, rabbit hole of nonsense, but we can talk about
1: it. No, we definitely will. We'll get there. Just not today. So during the course of this investigation, Jack and his wife Mary were actually abducted a second time. On May 20th, 1988... Jack's dog had to pee in the middle of the night, so Jack got up to let him out. I feel like every abduction story starts with the dog having to pee. and
0: Maybe, the, maybe that's what happened to me a couple nights ago. You
1: could have been abducted by a really horny
0: Alien. poltergeist.
1: <laughs>
0: well, maybe I lost time and all I remembered was the pinch on my the ass. The final goodbye ass <laughs> pinch.
1: <laughs> I hope not. Anyways, the dog had to pee. Jack gets up to let him out. As he walks through the kitchen... He sees blue lights shining through the kitchen windows and a hovering glowing light. So he decides to call the, ba- the dog out. So he walks into the kitchen, opens the door, lets the dog out. Sure. The lights start coming in and he's like, oh, shit, better bring the dog back in because this is weird. Right. Then he went back to bed and when he woke up, he figured it was just a weird dream he had. Like maybe he was kind of half asleep and just dreamed those weird lights. I guess. But when he started his hypnosis sessions about the Allagash incident, he also was able to recall and talk about this incident in like very minute detail. I would like to point out Mary apparently did not respond to hypnosis because after they found out that this incident had occurred, they brought her in in to tell her side of the story. Sure. She remembered having a dream about a weird long-necked big-headed being with big eyes next to their bed, but she doesn't remember anything about what Jack says has happened. According to Jack, when he looks out the window and sees those blue lights, he's shocked and he yells up to Mary wake up. Check this out what like what's going on. Right. Then he seems to change his mind. He runs outside, grabs the dog, races back inside, and he specifically thinks to himself, I don't want this to happen now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not in the mood for this right now. So with intense feelings of terror, he gets back in bed because his wife hadn't, like, woken up and left the bed. Right. And he pulls the covers over his head to hide. Then the covers, in horror movie fashion, slowly get pulled off of him. And sure enough, the same long neck, big head, big eye aliens are there. One of them was crouching next to Mary's side of the bed. So if this did in fact happen and she like wasn't fully awake, but, you know, opened her eyes and saw a weird being. Right. That kind of confirms a part of the fact that she thought she had a dream about it kind of lines up with Jack's story.
0: Sure, I guess.
1: Anyways, they're They're
0: very much like the rake.
1: Yes. Yeah. Except for with tiny little baby hands.
0: But so you said like spindly, like insect like hands. He just said
1: insect like hands. I can't picture what that is.
0: I just imagine like jointed, thin, stick looking fingers. Fingies.
1: The aliens are there and they force Jack and Mary to walk towards the light outside and they get beamed into. Pretty much the same exam room that Jack was in before. I mean, they don't know that it's the exact same, but it's a similar sort of exam room. Jack and Mary are separated. Similar tests to the ones Jack experienced earlier are performed on both of them. Then they're brought back together and beamed back into the house, back into bed, where he wakes up and assumes he had a funky dream.
0: So they take the sperm of men but do you think they took like the eggs of the women or like
1: i mean if we're following
0: x file rules
1: yes because didn't 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 scully get like alien impregnated and yeah av- but that's as not taking know, the X-files, eggs that's
0: just insemination
1: i think that i have read of like why would you take one but not the other one you know what i mean Like, why would you only want half of the
0: ingredients? Well, right. But I'm just wondering, like, are they taking the eggs or are they just trying to implant human sperm into alien, you know, embryos or whatever?
1: That I don't know, but I will say Mary did not suddenly become pregnant with an alien baby. Okay. When he wakes up, Jack notices some physical evidence on his person. Was he chipped? Well, so he has burns all over his feet, and there's a weird scoop indentation above his, right above his ankle. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, this indentation was right above a scar from where he had gotten a mysterious lump removed from his ankle a few years after the initial abduction.
0: So he was chipped.
1: Potentially. Or... Just like in the x files, he got some sort of cancerous growth from whatever weird tests they performed, got that removed, and then the aliens went back in and scooped some stuff out of his leg. I don't know
0: I know in in a lot of like other UFO abduction stories, like I've watched a couple of those like you know corny documentaries on Netflix mm-hmm. about this, but I know a lot of people do feel like they have implants, yeah. And there actually is physical evidence of, like, mysterious metallic objects that Mm -hmm. have been removed. And they can't even describe what it is after looking at it through a microscope or anything.
1: So maybe. It's an option. What's interesting, though, about that, like, lump he had removed a few years prior is that they had sent it to, like, pathology after it had gotten removed Mm -hmm. to, you know, determine if it's cancerous or not. And they couldn't figure out what it was, which I don't think is completely unusual. I mean, cancerous mass. They can't all look exactly the same. So pathologists couldn't figure out what it was. But it got sent to the Center for Disease Control where they couldn't figure out what it was. And from there, for some reason, it was sent to the U.S. military where it was examined by the Air Force. Hmm. Fowler tried to access these records, like figure out what it actually like, what the Air Force had actually determined it was mm-hmm. and like why it would have gone to the Air Force to begin with. But um, military obviously refused to cooperate with this request.
0: Um, And you said this this was written in 1993.
1: The article was published in
0: 93. Yeah. OK, so that was before the Freedom of Information Act. Was it? hmm Okay. Because that was post nine eleven, I believe.
1: Yeah, but even the Freedom of Information Act, like if stuff is classified, they don't have to give it to you. You could just say it's classified. True. Or am I wrong in no, that no, understanding? You, I, I
0: believe you are correct because I think things if are if they are classified, they remain classified for twenty five years sure. before they're open to public domain or whatever. Okay. But you have to make that formal request.
1: The point is the Air Force wasn't like, Oh yeah, we got that weird tumorous lump and like yeah, just
0: just ghosting them.
1: Yeah, they yeah. just were like, we refuse to.
0: Yeah, or just don't even respond.
1: Exactly. Anyways, during this whole two-year investigation, Fowler did background checks. He investigated their entire medical records. He cross-checked with any witness testimony, people they might have told the stories to after the actual incident occurred. He made the men go through intense psychological profiling and he ended up writing a 700 page report that was studied by UFO researchers. And they concluded that because of the intense and rigorous investigation, the stories told by the men were completely objective and strong evidence of alien existence, Mm -hmm. which, of course, like UFO researchers would come to that conclusion. Right. But I, I think that you can agree that something weird happened, something, whether it was like a, there was a hoax or these dudes were like there was another conspiracy to influence these guys through hypnosis. I don't know. Or maybe they were actually abducted.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I disagree with their findings saying it's completely Objective. I would argue that it's 100% subjective. It's
1: definitely not objective. You've got a UFO researcher doing the investigation.
0: But I do agree that there is something weird. And yes, I'm still so iffy about like hypnotic like study. Mm -hmm. I I get its merits, but you can't have an entire study based 100% off. Regressive hypnosis, or whatever the term right, is,
1: right? Well, I mean, I did just outline like the background check, sure, witness sure. testimony. I mean, that stuff is like normal investigation,
0: right? But, but at the same time, though, the witness testimony is only of these four people slash the one wife of another incident.
1: As far as you know, they may have told other people who he investigated. True, yeah. Um, that this is just so. There's an entire book that Raymond Fowler wrote about this. I read excerpts from the book, and I read his mufan article so he may have gone into more detail about who exactly he was interviewing and like the exact process but this was the general gist of how he conducted his investigation so explanations
0: Mm -hmm.
1: obviously aliens yeah i mean this story lines up with so many alien abduction stories and, I mean, this isn't the first abduction story at all. So, obviously, the I would imagine these men have heard of previous famous abductions. Yeah, for sure. But it follows the pattern so well. Plus, I mean, identical twins, reproductive system stuff, recurring childhood abductions. I mean... Possible implants. Possible implants. So, you know, if you want to believe it's aliens... I believe it's Muf- it's totally aliens. MUFON
0: obviously believes it's aliens. Right. So.
1: I just, you would not be, you shouldn't be laughed at for believing it might be aliens. I
0: No, I don't think, I don't think that should ever be laughed at. I mean, it should always be a possible hypothesis. I just don't know if I agree with it.
1: Right. So there have been a lot of researchers who are not UFO experts that believe this could have been some kind of group hallucination, or maybe these hypnosis sessions brought up memories of movies or books or stories that they had all heard before. Mm -hmm. Again, we've talked about hypnosis and how how it's unreliable or you have to be super careful about it. And obviously the investigators were from MUFON and were looking for information about alien abductions. Yeah. So I imagine that had a huge influence on the story and probably the questions asked by the hypnotist.
0: I'm sure it did have a lot of influence on the questions and they're probably planting ideas of the answers they're looking for.
1: Potentially. You don't, I mean, they may Uh, have hired an outside hypnotist. That's true. I don't know. Yeah. But the men post hypnosis were all required to take several polygraphs and all of them passed so at least if you're going to accept polygraphs which i said before is kind of the same as hypnosis it's it's not like accepted in court but if you're going to accept that as like a second level of
0: it, and it's it's proof, definitely more studied than hypnosis too so if all four were to pass a polygraph it's Right. It's a lot more believable. It's hard for four people to lie and cheat a polygraph.
1: Right. So I think we can, I don't know if we can safely assume, but we can assume that the men believed what they were saying. Right. Whether or not they were influenced during hypnosis or like, you know, the story is completely out of left field. They believed that it happened. So they're not purposely lying, right. at least according to the
0: polygraphs. Yeah, I think I agree with that, too.
1: So we've talked about sleep paralysis, sleepy time scaries, mm-hmm. and that being an explanation for several abductions or but, the feeling of being watched, being paralyzed and levitating above right, your bed. But
0: that can only happen to one person at a time. You can't really have that happen to four people at once, and have a shared delusion.
1: Well, right, and they weren't sleeping at the time of the original
0: incident they were actively fishing
1: yes now jack and jim as children if they truly were experiencing weird stuff could have experienced uh, sleep paralysis
0: throughout their childhood yeah for sure
1: so uh, that might explain that i don't i i don't know how group hallucination works i
0: i i know it is a thing but like from my understanding if it even is real, it's extremely rare. So I suppose it's it's possible that could be an explanation, but it's very unlikely. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not sleep paralysis, be, at least in that specific boating event. Right. Because it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, a shared delusion, I guess. Maybe they were taking drugs, too. Well,
1: let me get there. Oh, okay. So, in a twist, Chuck has recently... Come out. And he said the whole thing was a hoax to make money. Oh. (laughs) But he also says they did actually witness a weird light and a flying object in the sky. Apparently, at the time, according to Chuck, they had talked to a park ranger and the park ranger said, you know, forget about it. That was what you saw was a searchlight. Like a
0: and, man in black. I mean, but it really could have been, yes.
1: Yes. He Yes, didn't, yes. He didn't give off the f- vibe that he thought it was a man in black. It was a park ranger saying you probably just saw a searchlight.
0: And was Chuck one of the brothers, or was he— Nope. A- okay.
1: He was one of the friends. However, Jim, he had his head injury. He started talking about this stuff, and Chuck says he just went along with it. However— he didn't come out with this information that it was a hoax until he had had, like, a public falling out with the other three. Apparently, Rock wanted to lie and say it never happened to create controversy and to make money and, like, have the whole thing be a scandal. But the others were not into that. Like, they wanted to be take this story to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. So they kind of kicked him out of the group. They were like, if you're not going to tell the truth— and you're going to say it never happened, then we don't want to associate with you. And Chuck was pissed off about this and went out and said it was all a lie.
0: Which is what he wanted to do anyway. Yes.
1: The other three still, to this day, defend this story vehemently. Like, they don't care if you believe it. There's so many quotes out there that's like, I know it happened. I I believed it.
0: And it's not like... I mean, maybe they did make a little bit of money for, like, interviews at the time or something, but it's not like they're still making money off of this. I can't
1: imagine they are.
0: Unless they somehow got a movie deal or a TV show or something. But, like, you know, Mm -hmm. what's the point of keeping to their story for this long? Right. Now. If it was fake, I mean.
1: Right. So Chuck says the alienated dude Mm -hmm. who is mad at the other three, he says that they did take drugs that night. But he's the only one who said so, and I don't know if we should take him seriously because he's going for the rational it didn't happen, it was a hoax. Right. But the others are so adamant with background checks and polygraphs. It's clear that they at least believed it fully. And if he's trying to discredit them, saying that they did drugs is obviously the first way to go about it.
0: And I feel like that would have been one of the questions that were asked during mm-hmm. the investigation yeah. of all four of them, like, right. did you take drugs that night? Did you take a hallucinogen? Did you do right. any sort of mind-altering substance?
1: Right. And why would he wait, like, I don't know, 25, 30 years to be like, now I want to create a controversy.
0: Or maybe he was just trying to be like, I don't want to be part of this anymore.
1: I want to be taken seriously. I don't want to be that guy who was abducted. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who to believe the guy who says it's a hoax because i guess logically that makes the most sense but he also has apparently quite a bit of bl- bad blood with the original three so uh artist I don't know am i what... right yeah you're right <laughs> anyways even if it was a hoax first off how did chuck like they all must have come up with this story during the camping trip And, like, solidified it and then remembered every detail for, like, 12 years through hypnosis. Well, two years. Well... Two, but it wasn't, they didn't even start the investigation until 12 years later. Jack was the only one who had been having nightmares, and the only person who knew about that was his wife.
0: Well, to play devil's advocate, though, you say, like, it's the only time they talked, but they could have easily gotten together within those 12 years to come up with a story. Like, that's plenty of time and opportunity. Right. So there is that possibility, too.
1: Right. Either way, I mean, they stumped an extensive two-year investigation. With their hoax, I don't know. I just feel like if you're gonna like hoaxes, tend to get pulled apart pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And this but one at is the same still time, doing the investigation. Yes, and they want to believe, yes. just like me. Yes, I, I don't know. I don't. I, it was aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to believe it was a hoax. I want to believe something weird happened. Maybe it wasn't aliens, and I bet that their stories were greatly influenced by like pop culture at the time and and the hypnotist and the fact that they had a ufo expert studying them i bet that influenced the story but i still think that something fucky happened that day
0: yeah and it's always possible too that their stories align so well because if they were abducted by aliens and that's not actually what they witnessed those memories were put there by the aliens which is another phenomenon that is talked about in a lot of different abduction stories too.
1: Yeah, dude. Anyways, aliens, right? <laughs>
0: Oof. I suppose.
1: That is the Allagash incident.
0: Well, today we have a listener story.
1: Ooh la la.
0: And this comes from our listener Sam on Facebook. He says, "Okay, I was fresh out of my separation from my ex-wife. My condolences." I went to go visit a high school fling. Ooh, spicy. Everything seemed normal until a glass just flew off her counter. I tried to justify how it could have happened logically. I put the broken pieces inside the glass and maybe 20 minutes went by. Then I heard more glass hitting the floor. The broken pieces I put inside the cup literally flew back out. Then a flashlight that was under her couch randomly rolled out from under the couch and turned on. I picked it up and turned it off and discovered it literally had no charge, and it freaked me out. To top it all off, there was some of the scariest noises I have ever heard coming from her attic. She claimed it was normal, but it sounded like there was an Olympic weight team up there pumping some iron. Nice. I sat there in fear until the sun came up, and then I left, and I have never spoken to her since. Good job. That's probably the best way. That shit was scary. I seriously cannot explain that shit I saw.
1: It sounds like your one-night stand has poltergeists.
0: (laughs) Or she just really didn't like you and was trying to mess with you.
1: Yeah, maybe. Were you mean to her in high school? And this was like her long con to get you to think that you're going crazy? She's
0: been setting up booby traps for all these years. Waiting for you to go back. Um. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, I've definitely had unexplainable things happen to me. Just earlier in this episode, I said something pinched my ass, and I still swear something did. But I've had a lot of other stuff happen to me too. Nothing to that extent, though. Like where it's so in your face, things are happening in right, front like of a you. like broken
1: glass, or
0: like something rolling out and mm-hmm. turning on, but then there's like no battery or no charge to it. Very odd. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. dude.
1: I guess you dodged a bullet. Stay
0: safe out there, though.
1: Yeah, don't... That that girl wasn't the one for you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the poltergeist was trying to get you out of there.
0: I also wanted to share this, too. This is from AP News. Jessica Nelson of Mosinee, Wisconsin, pulled into the drive-thru at a McDonald's in Marshfield on Thursday and said she looked up to see a cow in the backseat of a Buick sedan, three cars ahead of her.
1: What? Wait, in a sedan?
0: Yes. The title of this article is Spotted. <laughs> no, hold on. Spotted Cow at McDonald's drive through in Wisconsin.
1: Now, if you're not
0: from the Midwest, Spotted Cow is a very famous beer, and but they did that on purpose. You can
1: only buy it in Wisconsin. Yes.
0: So, I thought it was fake at first, who puts a cow in a Buick? She told the Associated Press on Friday. Then its whole head moved. She quickly picked up her phone and shot video of the bovine. <laughs> I just took the video of it because I was blown away that there was a cow in the back of a car. She posted the video on her Facebook page with the caption, A whole freaking cow. <laughs> Tell me you live in Wisconsin without telling me you live in Wisconsin. She also pasted a message on the video itself that read, That's a whole. Expletive cow in the back of the car. That's what the article says. Right, yes. By Friday afternoon, the video had gotten 112,000 views. Nelson said that the family of the cow's owner saw the post and contacted her. They said the cow was actually a calf, and she said the owner okay. had just purchased it and two other calves, which were in the back seat as well, but they were lying down. And they were on their way to an auction. Cows
1: are still pretty big. How big was this car that you could fit three calves in the back seat?
0: It's a regular sedan, so it's just like a regular, you know, three person, like two regular seats and a tiny little middle seat. So throw three cows on the back seat, and they're all cramped and cuddling together.
1: God, that actually that reminds me of that Skinwalker Ranch where they were all like forced, and all those cows were forced into a trailer.
0: Yeah, four cows four cows into a tiny little trailer and those were bulls actually um but yeah i mean this story wasn't spooky but i just wanted to share it when i was just looking online um yeah you know what's
1: you know what is spooky about that story you could be sitting in a car minding your own business and all of a sudden one hundred twenty-one thousand people have seen a video of you on the internet that some weird lady took
0: yeah without your permission without your permission that's
1: true Why why you gotta mess with those cows they weren't doing anything
0: they didn't give you permission either
1: yeah Get that shit written down.
0: <laughs> so if you have your own personal tale or if you come across something like uh, an article or any sort of story you would like us to read on the podcast, send it our way. You can send it to Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. All are at Nerd Sloth HQ. Or you can
1: email us at podcast at nerdsloth.com and put a little spooky in the subject line.
0: And I will be in your ears next week with a new tale. And so what
1: you, do you think about this tale? I get your actual like opinion. I,
0: I, I am not convinced it's aliens, but I am convinced that they were legitimately telling the truth, in or at their least own believed mind. they were telling yes. the truth. Yes,
1: but okay. I think but it's, on I think a it's, scale it's, of like riveting tale to like oh, it's, I def- barely, it's definitely
0: wait. riveting, and I think Mufon is hilarious, not for you know, the reasons in this podcast we talked about, but just for how ridiculous they are for other reasons, too. They're awesome. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I just still have so much hard of a time believing that aliens have visited Earth.
1: I think you just need to open your heart and mind and have faith in the alien overlords.
0: Why are they in charge? Maybe we're in charge. Well,
1: clearly they're able to abduct us and, like, hit us with their sucky things you just made a
0: noise like (laughs) all right well next week i will be in your ears like i said but if you also have a topic request for an episode you can also let us know too
1: yes we got a. we will add them to the list yeah
0: but we have a running list and other than that we hope y'all have a great week and we love you
1: yeah we love you bye
0: bye